you're a visitor here and you don't know what just happened. In the Bible, there is a gift of the Spirit called tongues and interpretation. That is not receiving the Holy Ghost or the initial filling of the Holy Ghost or the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's a gift that comes after that, which God, through His Spirit, will speak then also by His Spirit He will give the interpretation so we that don't understand may have understanding. It is not for God. It's for the body of Christ that they might be edified. That the body of Christ might have hope. Do you know that God wants to put hope in your life? God is here to encourage and to build up and to rescue somebody the hell that you are living in. God wants to bring you out. God wants to deliver you. God wants to put an end to the vicious cycle that is going around and around and around. There are many things that have been happening in some people's lives that are here under my voice that is not by design nor the will of God. But it is His will that it ends today. That it falls apart. That it releases His grasp. That the chains fall off. That the doors break open today. It is His will that there is a liberty and a freedom in the Holy Ghost that will make you feel something that you have never felt before. That will put a smile on your face that's been weeping for decades. Bibles, if you turn to the book of Acts, chapter 12, I want to begin reading at verse 6. Book of Acts, chapter 12, I would like to read verse 6 through 11 in the English Standard Version. Now when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. He was bound with two chains and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and the light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. The angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on the sandals. He did so, and he said to them, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. He went out and he followed him, and he did not know that what, he was, being, that what was being done was by an angel or real, but thought he was seeing a vision. And when they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord, and they went out, and they went along one street. And immediately the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent an angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. 
titled this message, I felt it in the Holy Ghost, Expectations of Hell. Brother Larry, will you pray over this service? Amen, and you may be seated. I would have asked Bishop to pray, but I know he's weak in his body. Remember, Bishop, in your prayers. God is doing great things in this church. He is doing great things among its people. He's doing great things in this world and in this nation. We might not think that there's much good going on. But the greatness of God is not the goodness of this earth. The greatness of God is how he's taking the good things out of the earth home. You are the good things of this earth. You are the salt of the earth. You're the light of this earth. You're a city that is on a hill that the whole world can see. You are beloved of God. You are cherished of God. And you are sought after from God. You are the formation and the creation of God. There's nothing about us that God does not know. There's nowhere we can go that God isn't already there. There's nothing that we face that God hasn't already put down. There's no sickness that can ever destroy our soul. It might be able to come against our body, but there is no sickness that can destroy the soul. God, I serve you, a God that's not in the destroying of my soul business, but in the delivering of my soul business. He's in the business of healing my soul, not hurting my soul. Peter is an apostle of the Lord, a great man of God. He was given the keys to the kingdom. He was given the awesome ability and responsibility and allowance to preach the first apostolic message. He's been chosen of God to do great things. And the greatness of God was in Peter. But as Peter sits in a prison cell, from a different viewpoint and from a worldly standpoint, there wasn't much great going on. Because a great man of God who serves a great God was sitting in a great prison cell. But just because somebody's locked up in prison does not mean that the greatness of God is still not working. Just because somebody's down on their luck does not mean the hand of God isn't working in the background. You see, Peter was thrown into jail because it pleased Herod and the people that the church and the apostles would be persecuted. James, the brother of John, he was captured. And in verse 1 of Acts 12, this is what the Scripture reads. About the time Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. 
he was headhunting. He killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter. This was during the days of the unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison and delivered him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. He intended to do the same thing to Peter that he had just done with James because the people cheered and rejoiced at the good thing that Herod had done by martyring, by murdering, by killing James. And he wanted the pleasure of the people. He wanted to hear the cry and the applause of the audience. And so his desire to work evil onto Peter was his motivation for putting that man of God into prison. Four squads of soldiers. There's four soldiers in a squad. He put 16 armed and trained men of war to guard one fisherman. One man of God. 16 armed, trained, deadly, violent men. For one Christian. One Christian. Two chains. Two chains, one around the wrists and one around the ankles, to bind the man of God. Iron doors on the entranceways to keep hostage, to keep in bondage the man of God. Sixteen soldiers, two chains, and one gate for one man of God. One little fisherman. The Bible says one uneducated in the scriptures, in the Pentateuch, in the law. One man, one common man. Sixteen men of war. Two chains and an iron gate. To kill him for the applause. Where Peter was, though was a place that God had formed. The chains of iron around his wrist and around his legs were made of the iron that God put in the mountain. The centurions, the soldiers, the squads that stood before him trained in war, trained in violence, were formed by the same God that made the stone prison and the iron shackles and the iron gate, that all things that surrounded Peter were of being used of hell, but were formed of God. The expectations of hell was that Peter would be persecuted that Peter would curse God for bad things happening. That Peter, the expectation of hell is that Peter would lose hope. The expectation of hell is that Peter would enter depression. The expectation of hell is that Peter would go into his own mind and go into a reclusive state and begin to cry, begin to weep, and begin to blame God. And the ultimate expectation of hell was that Peter
Peter would lose his life. That's the expectations of hell. But the expectations of God on high. God expected that when he gave the word from his throne room, that the ground would begin to shake. God expected when he said, iron shackles, release your restraints, that they fell to the ground. And so they did. God expected when he sent an angel to walk Peter out of that prison, that there would be an opening of the iron gate. And it says that the gate opened on its own accord. The expectations of God are greater than the expectations of any hell that we are in. The expectations of the one that formed this day and put us in it, the one that formed praise in our mouth, put thanksgiving in our heart, put worship in our body, that God, that Creator is the one that's forming our future. I came to have church with a God that formed my very soul. I came to have church with some brothers and sisters who God formed your soul, formed your existence, formed your life, formed your pathway. You see, the expectations of hell were to silence Peter, to silence the message, to silence the hope, to silence the dream. That was the expectations of hell. But the expectations of heaven is that the message would begin to prosper and grow more than it had already grown, that it would reach new nations. It would go to the uttermost parts of the earth. 44 A.D., it was springtime when this happened to Peter. Do you know over 20 years later, in the mid-60s, Peter begins to sit down and he begins to write two letters to the church. First and second Peter. They were wrote to the saints of God who had been dispersed from Jerusalem. You see, everybody was in Jerusalem having a great time having tent revivals. Things were just shaking. Things were rocking. If they'd have had chandeliers, they would have been swinging from them. The apostolic church was born. It was having the time of its life. And God looked down and said, I formed this church. I formed the people and the body of Christ. But I want my message. I want the same deliverance that I'm doing in their lives to reach this world. But Herod said, I'm going to silence it. I'm going to silence your preachers. I'm going to put them in jail. <coughs> I'm going to lock them up. I'm going to set 16 of my greatest warriors to guard them the expectations of hell. God broke Peter out. He goes and he sits down. 
20 years later and all the church in Jerusalem has been scattered because of persecution. These are wonderful men and women of God who fled Jerusalem for their life. They took their babies and their children and their teenagers and their grandbabies and they went throughout all the world trying to hide from the persecution of the church. And now they're in new homes, they're in new neighborhoods, they're in new societies, they're in new nations, new cultures. They don't have any friends left, they don't have any family around them but what they brought with them. They're starting over, they're learning new trades. Some of them were business professionals in Jerusalem, but when they went to a new nation, they didn't have their green card. Illegals. All of a sudden, they're starting over their business that they once had already built and thriving. Starting over. How hard would it be for some of us right now in our age to be pushed into a different country to remake ourselves, to reform ourselves with, with our children who are dependent on us, our families that need us, how hard would it be? But the nation they fled to was still formed just like he formed Jerusalem. The lands that they were hiding in was still land that God had formed like he formed Canaan land. The people they were around were still people that God had made. Hell pushed them out, but heaven's intentions were to make a better way, to make a better life, to spread the gospel. Peter sits down and begins to write these letters to these people. This is what he says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you and for me, who's by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation to be revealed in the last time. He said, take courage. Because there's an inheritance for you that is unfading. It's undefiled. Some of you have been dispersed by hell today. Some of you have ran into foreign lands that you're not used to and you're hiding in caves and you're wondering where God is and the tongues and interpretation spoke directly to us. That there is no cave that he won't find us for he formed the cave. That there is no mountain that will stand on that he cannot find us for he formed the mountain. There is no valley that we'll walk through that he cannot be there because he formed the valley. The tongues and interpretation still bright in my mind says there's no darkness that will fall into that His light will not find us. Brother Anthony, hell expel, expects us to fall on our face. But do you know what the Word of God says? It says the Lord upholds all 
who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. Hell's expectations are we fall, but God's expectations is I hold up those who fall. Hell's expectations is to cause frustration and make us quit God, make us curse God, make us blame God, make us point a finger at God. That's the expectation of hell. But the expectation of the Word says that the Lord is righteous in all His ways and is kind in all His works. Hell's expectations are for us to stay addicted, to stay bound, to stay hostage in our own devices. But the expectation of the Lord, this is what the Word of God says, that He brought them out of darkness and out of the shadow of death and He burst their bonds apart. Hell's expectations is for us to stay locked up inside our own head is to stay lost inside our own thoughts, to keep ourselves shut in an iron mind, holding us hostage to our own imaginations. But the expectations of the Lord it says in Psalms 107, for He shatters the doors of bronze, and he cuts in two the bars of iron. It is the expectation of hell that we have horrible marriages and we blow up our lives in bitter divorce. The Word of God says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciles us to Him and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Hell's expectations is to disperse, and heaven's is to reconcile. It is the expectation of hell that our children will not serve God, that our children will not believe in God, that our children will not love God. Those are the expectations of hell. But the expectations of my Father who sits on the throne said that if we will train up a child in the way he should go, even when he's old, he will not depart from it. God expects our children to make it. God expects our children to be baptized, to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Brother Matt, Sister Jordan, God expects Bo to be baptized and filled with his spirit. 
expects Bo to go back into the system and never have a family and never have a God. But I know the one whose expectations supersede the expectations of the enemy. Hell expects us to serve its agenda, to serve its will, and to serve its ways. The expectation of God is this. Little children, you are from God, and you have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Tell you what else hell expects. The expectations of our hell is that every time we get a little boo-boo, every time we're feeling a little sick, every time we're down and out, hell expects us to quiet our praise. Hell expects us to snuff out our worship. Hell expects us to begin to hide the happiness and the joy of the Spirit. That's the expectations of hell. That when something bad happens, it expects us to say, ah, I can't go to God. I can't worship God today. I don't feel like praising God. I don't feel like letting God have the praise. I don't feel like showing honor. Oh, you woke up today. You don't feel like going to church. I expected so. That's the voice of hell. God says, wrap it and go. That's not in my notes. That's a free one. Quiet your praise. It's too tough. You got nothing to dance for. It's just one catastrophe after the next. It's one bad thing after the next. I'd like to say you've had a bad day, but I think there's people in here, you've had a bad decade. Let me remind you that God formed that decade. It said that I formed today, I formed yesterday, and I formed the days of old. I formed them, and I'll form tomorrow and I'll form the days to come. Sister Jody, I don't know what song you got planned for altar call, but I want it to be the one there's, 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 there's no wall, he won't break down, that one. This is what the Word of God says about me quieting my praise. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth. All the earth. Come on, musicians, get up here. Come on, singers of song. I'm going to put some pressure on right now. 
I want you worshiping. I want you smiling. I want you singing anointed. I want you dancing. I want you to tell the expectations of hell what the expectations of God are. That we will make a joyful noise to the Lord and we will break forth into song and singing of praises. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. you intended for me to be quiet hell you intended for me to lose my voice you intended me to stop dancing oh I'm gonna dance on the grave of my enemy I'm gonna dance in this valley I'm gonna shout on this mountain you came in here today And hell has expected you to walk out of here the same way you came in. That's the expectations of hell. That somebody sick is going to walk out unhealed. That somebody bound is going to walk out still shackled. But the will of God is that you walk out delivered. You walk out healed. You walk out free. You walk out with hope. I ask you in the name of Jesus, whose report do you believe? The report of hell that you're not going to overcome, that you're not going to make it, that you're not worth anything? Or are you going to believe the report of the Lord that he formed you in your mother's womb, that he has ordained your steps in this life? You are destined for heaven with your father. I'm opening this altar right now. I wonder if the saints of God wouldn't come with an expectation of the throne room in your dance, an expectation of deliverance in your walk, an expectation of freedom in your voice. This altar's open. Do not let the expectations of hell define your moment. Let the expectations of Jesus Christ transform you this day. Would you come? No wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. No shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. You won't climb up, coming after me. No wall you won't kick down, 
Oh, yeah.